your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Another week and another phase of the NFL offseason. It is March 15, 2021, and you know what that means. That means legal tampering begins today. And I've said it, if you've been listening to this show for long enough, I've said it multiple times, legal tampering is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Legal tampering. Like, those two things shouldn't even go together. But the NFL is great at, at doing everything in waves and phases, and it just keeps everyone who is a fan of the league locked in all year long 365 there is really no offseason when it comes to the NFL they do it the best they just keep you locked into their product all year long and so today is another phase of the so-called NFL offseason as a legal tampering period begins today at 4 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Central and 1 o'clock on the West Coast teams can officially start talking to free agents as they prepare to sign them for free agency which really opens up when the league year opens up on Wednesday, March 17th. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to have a lot to talk about over the next few days, of course, because the Raiders will be active in free agency and the rest of the league will be active in free agency. So uh, have a big show planned for you, well, all week long. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar. I'll tell you about the Built Bar March Madness Challenge that is going on. Plus, if you go to the website, BuiltBar.com, and decide you want to get some uh, protein bars, you can definitely do so. Make sure you use the promo code uh, locked on 15. I'll get you 15% off your order. That's locked on 15. But I'll tell you all about that later on in today's show. Coming up on today's show, as a matter of fact, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Got a lot of feedback over the course of the weekend, and I was kind of out of pocket over the course of the weekend. Uh, little Q flew in from California to, to Austin, Texas, had a, had a tournament that he played in uh, over the weekend. So I was out there in Austin, so I kind of stepped away from Twitter for a while, stepped away from the NFL for a while. A lot of folks hit me up. Uh, when moves were, sh- were happening throughout the course of the weekend. I was like, Q, what, what is this all about? And I'm like, man, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what you're talking about because I just really wasn't paying any attention to that. I was watching uh, what little Q had going on on the hoop court, and he did a really, really good job. And I appreciate everyone who reached out and was like, how's he doing? How's he doing? Uh, a lot of folks hit me up by that way, and I did see those tweets, of course. So, uh, yeah, he did really well, represented well uh, in Austin, Texas. Now he's going to hang with me for the next week before he flies back to Cali. But uh, that's why I was kind of out of pocket over the course of the weekend, wasn't really paying attention to what – the NFL had going on. So a lot of feedback that I got on the podcast uh, voicemail line. That'll come up in segment number three. Segment number two, we'll actually talk about this legal tampering period and how it begins later on this afternoon, depending on what time you're listening to this podcast. Maybe it's already wide open like some old school TV antennas, but either way you look at it, it does open up today. So we'll talk about that in segment number two and what I'm going to be looking for for what the Raiders have going on. Here in segment number one, just news in the notes of the day, kind of collected over the weekend. Again, there wasn't a whole lot that I collected over the weekend. But there was some news and notes to get to. Matter of fact, some news and notes that actually started early on Friday morning after I had already dropped uh, the podcast on Friday. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. 
The biggest piece of news that I think, as far as the Raiders were concerned, that happened actually happened Friday morning. It's funny, the last few days, uh, going back to last week, maybe Thursday and Friday, the Raiders are making moves like in the middle of the night. I don't know what it is. Maybe now that they're in Vegas, they're like, man, we ain't got, we ain't got to sleep. You know, we, we can make moves all night long because, well, Vegas never sleeps. Maybe they're in that mode now because lately they've been making a lot of moves in the middle of the night. And what they did on Friday, uh, Friday morning, probably around 7 or 8 o'clock Central Time, it was revealed that uh, linebacker. Nick Wachowski and Corey Littleton restructured their deals to give the Raiders about $7 million in cap space, additional cap space, which puts them at around $40 million. And remember, when this whole this whole offseason began, they were in the red. They were owing money as far as, uh, as far as the salary cap goes. Now they're about $40 million in cap space heading into today. Backup quarterback Marcus Mariota is still a guy that could factor into that if they were to move on from him. That's $10 more million. That puts him at 50 And then Gabe Jackson, he's still on the books as well. You know, there, there was a report that he was going to get released. Obviously, his agent put that out uh, last week or even the week before when it was first uh, presented to him that they restructure him and uh, he didn't want to restructure. And so his agent put it out there that the Raiders were going to release him. That still has not become official yet. So when that becomes official, if that becomes official, that's more money on the salary cap. So really, the Raiders are going to be in really, really good position, not only today, not only tomorrow, but throughout the course of the NFL offseason when free agency opens up. They're going to be able to be players and they just got to be smart and get the right guys. That is going to be the biggest key. Get the right guys. And we'll talk more about that coming up in segment number two. But Nick Wachowski, Corey Littleton restructuring their contract. Basically, all that means is they're getting a signing bonus. So they're getting all that cash up front, and then their base salary pay is going to be very low throughout the course of the season. But they don't care about that. They want theirs right now. Like, I, I wish my job would come to me and be like, hey, Q. We need to restructure what you make all, all year long. We're just going to go ahead and give you this much amount of money today, and then the rest of the year, your paycheck will be really small. Fine. Fine. Give it to me right now. <laughs> I don't need to wait till December. You know what I mean? I don't need to wait till every other payday. I, I'd rather get mine right now anyway. So, I mean, please believe. You know, a lot of people say, well, these players, they, they're really doing it for the team. They're restructuring their contract. No, they're not. They're getting a lump sum of money up front. Who wouldn't want to do that? I don't think there's one swing and D that wouldn't want to get their money up front. And if you wouldn't want to get your money up front, please let me know. <laughs> let me know why. 707-654-4693. But either way you look at it, they opened up uh, some more cash space. So right now, currently about 40-something million dollars that they have to play with. Now, some guys of their own that are going to test a free agency that are something that you really want to pay attention to and look at. Linebacker Nicholas Morrow, he had a career year in 2020 with the Raiders. He played in 14 games, 73 total tackles, three sacks, and an interception. Again, career year for Morrow. And he's a, he's a good linebacker. He's a good linebacker. I've heard multiple people say that they have to re-sign him. They don't have to re-sign him. It would be nice to, to sign him and keep him because he is one of their own, and that's something that you want to show to, to other free agents coming into the team that, hey, we do take care of our own. If you go ahead and perform for us, we will take care of you. That That is something that uh, the Raiders need to do a better job of because there's too many times that you start to see Raiders and, and, and their homegrown players end up getting shipped off or, or let go and then they go sign somewhere else or, or whatever, you know, but it, it is nice to see that they take care of their guys. So Nicholas Morrow would be a nice guy to keep. He's not, it's not like he has to stay, stay around though. They can go out there and get someone to fill that role. If they, uh, you know, if they so choose to maybe, maybe a team like Jacksonville or another team out there just throws a boatload of money at them and they say, yeah, they don't want to, uh, you know, don't want to go and break the bank for Nicholas Morrow. So I, I say Morrow's a guy that you'd like to keep, but you'd like to keep him at the right price. And that goes for the next guy too. wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, uh, 16 games. He played 48 catches, 896 yards and eight touchdowns, just like Morrow career year. So Nelly, you know, 
is a guy that a lot of Raider fans really want to make sure that he stays stays around. And I think that they have an inside track on him. I think that they can give him uh, not a, I don't want to say a, a low ball deal, but they can give him a deal. It's like, okay, here, look, here's a two-year deal worth, you know, $15, $16 million total, and then he might take it. Or he might say, no, it's not, you know, I need more money than that. Uh, I'm going to go out elsewhere. So he's going to hit free agency. He's going to test the market, and maybe the Raiders bring him back. Maybe they don't. Again, he's a guy that I'd like to see the Raiders bring back, but only at the right price. Now, one guy that I would love to see them bring back, and I think that they need to bring him back, and I think he deserves to come back, is offensive lineman Denzel Good. And I call him offensive lineman because in 2020, he showed he was a jack of all trades. He stepped up and played wherever he was asked. If it was left guard, played it. Right guard, played it. Right tackle, played it. He did not care. Wherever Tom Cable asked him to play for a whole game or a series or two or a snap or two, whatever, he was willing to play that role, and he did a really, really good job. Filled in for Trent Brown. Filled in for Gabe Jackson. Filled in for Richie Incognito. I mean, he did a really, really good job. So that is a guy, if you want to make a statement to the rest of the league, that is a guy who earned his paycheck. He's earned a contract extension. I don't know what the contract would look like. I don't think that they would break the bank for him, but I think he's a guy that deserves to return to the silver and black because he really, really worked his tail off in 2020 and stepped up when, when he was needed the most. You know, I mean, that offensive line was still solid, even though Richie Incognito missed most of the season and Trent Brown missed most of the season. And now you see both of those guys are on the outside looking in. Trent Brown is now with the Patriots and Richie Incognito is a free agent. Will he return to the silver and black? Maybe, but maybe he won't. But Denzel Good is a guy that they need to re-sign. That, honestly, that's a guy that they probably should have signed before today. They should have got that one already done before uh, he even hit free agency. I, I think that they should have made sure they had him in the fold. And maybe he wants to go out there and test the market and just to see if uh, there's somebody that's going to be willing to give him a boatload of money. Maybe that's the case. But if I were the Raiders, man, I would do everything that you could to hold on to him because he earned it. Not that you're just, you know, like I said, trying to money whip him, but he earned to get a nice little contract extension from the Silver and Black. So hopefully he's a guy. If there's one guy I'm pounding the table for out of all three of those guys, it's definitely Denzel Good. One guy that is actually supposed to visit the Raiders today is three-time Pro Bowl guard Kyle Long, son of Howie Long, Raider great. He's coming out of retirement. He's scheduled to visit the Raiders today, and then later on in the week, he's going to visit the Kansas City Chiefs. But... Right now, he's got the Raiders up first. So the Raiders get the first crack at him. Kyle Long is a guy that is very, very versatile. He's played the right guard position and the right tackle position for Chicago. Was uh, drafted in 2013 and retired in 2019 because of injuries. But apparently, he's 100% healthy. He's uh, looking mean. He's looking strong. He's looking healthy. I mean, he's good to go. So Kyle Long is obviously a guy that I'm sure all the Raider Nation would be interested in. But he is visiting with the Raiders today, sometime today. So it could be he could be a good fit. He's going to have to go through a COVID test first before he's able to really get with the the coaches and everything and and see how he'd fit with the Raiders and and Tom Cable in that offensive line but I'll tell you right now uh, Kyle Long would be a good addition so I'd like to see them make sure they they bring back Denzel good but also add Kyle Long that would be an awesome fit on that Raiders offensive line so I'll give you an update on his visit with the Raiders as it comes through but just know that he is visiting with the Raiders today. Uh, also on Sunday, uh, Saints quarterback Drew Brees, he retired after 20 years in the league. No surprise there. He played 20 seasons, retired uh, five in San Diego, and then uh, 15 with the Saints. And obviously, he's the mayor in New Orleans just about. I don't think he ever has to pay for food there in New Orleans. He's Him and his family have done some great things for that city. So uh, shout out to Drew Brees. Uh, obviously, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He'll walk right into Canton, Ohio. He'll get that gold jacket. They might as well get it ready for him now. Five years from now, boom, he's going to be in Canton, Ohio. So shout out to Drew Brees. He retired but I bring this up because 
something that I've talked about on the show before, and that's something that you're going to see a lot of during this this uh, free agency period, and the, especially with the salary cap being lower this year, is what teams are doing with contracts. You saw Tom Brady on Friday sign a contract extension, and uh, you know, and, and it had some voidable years in it. Well, the Saints, after Drew Brees retired, they restructured quarterback Taysom Hill's contract to create cap room. The details on it, check it out. He gets a four-year, $140 million contract extension. So right there when you hear that, you almost fall out of your seat like, whoa, what the hell did Taysom Hill do for a four-year, $140 million contract? But, but again, going back to what I said multiple times, all the years are voidable. <laughs> Check this out. All years are voidable, and it's basically just a mechanism to free up cap space this year. It saves the Saints over $7.5 million against the cap this year. So you're going to see this a lot. And when the Raiders jump into free agency, you'll see them sign some contracts, and you'll probably look at the number and say, whoa, hold on, player. I didn't expect it to be that much, but then just look at the language of the contract and look for the voidable years. There's a lot of voidable years. What you're doing is you're spreading out the signing bonus over the course of the contract even though you're not really keeping this guy under contract for all those years. So basically, the the nuts and bolts of Taysom Hill contract, yeah, it's four years, $140 million, voidable extension. It creates cap space this year. It's basically like a one-year deal. <laughs> and then it's going to give him an opportunity to to uh, sign up, get a, get another contract extension next year. So again, it's just it's just the language and the framework. It's not really realistic by the way that it looks. I mean, these are not NBA contracts. These are NFL contracts, and now they're really getting creative with the wording of it so they can get under the salary cap and they can keep as many of their quality players as they want to. So yeah, four-year, $140 million deal. Yeah, not really. It's basically like a one-year, $12 million extension. I mean, it's, it's really not a whole lot of uh, anything to it, but it does save the Saints $7.5 million against the cap, and you will see that quite a bit throughout the course of this offseason. You'll see a lot of voidable years on different free agents' contracts. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, we'll talk about that legal tampering period. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk about uh, what I'm going to look for, what I'm hoping the Raiders are looking for in this tampering period and get some guys on this roster that can help especially turn this defense around as of free agency opens up so that's coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast before I get into that though I do want to tell you about betonline.ag uh, on Sunday March Madness really got ramped up by the brackets being revealed now you know where every team is going to go uh, who they're going to be playing what their road to the final four is and this is the best time of year to get your gamble on but it's not just about college basketball they have NBA as well they cover hockey Cover baseball is coming up. It's right around the corner. UFC, they had another big card over the weekend. Any sport that you can get your gamble on, betonline.ag is the spot for you to go. They're your online sportsbook experts. And if you want to uh, open up a free account today, you can at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So if you drop a hundo in your, in your account, you're going to have 150 to play with. If you put 200 in your account, you'll have 300 to play with. No matter what you put in, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus if you use the promo code Locked On. It's as simple as that. Again, your online sportsbook experts. If you're on social media, you can check them out right now at betonline underscore AG. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Betonline.ag. Check them out today. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about this legal tampering period that begins today, 4 p.m. Eastern, and it closes at 4 p.m. Eastern on the 17th. We'll start to hear, and you might start to hear some a little bit earlier, but you, technically teams aren't supposed to be able to talk to these, uh, these players and, and these agents until this 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. on the West Coast. And then that's when they're supposed to be able to start hammering out some deals. But if you remember back when Trent Brown was signed by the Raiders, uh, it was what? two minutes into legal tampering period and all of a sudden the, the announcement of the deal was already done so you know that these guys are already doing it they're already talking they're already kind of uh, trying to work out deals but either way you look at it it does get started today it is exciting because you start to see how your favorite team is building their new team this this upcoming year's team and you start to see the pieces that you expect to be players on this team and so uh, you know there's a lot of different guys to choose from there's a lot of guys that are free agents this year uh, especially Especially with the salary cap being as low as it is. It went from 198 point something million to 182 point something million. So, I mean, it dropped in a major, major way. Lots of guys you saw have been released. Matter of fact, one guy that was released over the weekend while I was in Austin at a Little Q's uh, tournament was uh, Casey Hayward, defensive back from the Chargers, you know, and he's he's uh, he's 32 years old, but he can still play, you know, so he's a guy that's going to probably demand some attention, and I know a lot of Raider fans are like, bring him in now, immediately. He's with Gus Bradley. He's, he knows Gus Bradley's defense, and he'd be an upgrade to the corner position he probably would but you know he's 32 years old so uh, the thing about it is and this is kind of the way I wanted to uh, approach this segment is the Raiders have got to hit on guys this free agent period they just have got to hit on them because they're they're not getting the guys and they're not getting their money's worth out of these dudes they're I mean like Trent Brown that was a good get but you didn't get your money's worth LaMarcus Joyner wasn't a good get at all you definitely didn't get your money's worth Tyrell Williams I mean he was banged up a lot so really didn't get your money's worth out of him either I mean there's a lot of guys that the Raiders have gone out and signed and you just haven't got your money's worth Corey Littleton you know, he was the number one linebacker last year. They went out and got him, but they didn't get their money worth. You know, now hopefully this year he's able to turn things around. Hopefully Gus Bradley is able to use him correctly. And what I mean by that is is just simplify things and not dumb it down, but just simplify things so he can use his speed and, and be, you know, not out there thinking, just out there reacting and going and showing why he was the number one linebacker. Nick Kwiatkowski, you got a pretty good return on him. He, he, he was pretty, pretty good. But there's guys that you just, you know, you sign or the Raiders sign and, and then they just... They don't do anything, you know, so you don't get your money. So if they're going to get their money, this is the way that I would like the Raiders to approach this free agent period that starts today, you know, 4 p.m. Eastern time, the tampering period. One, you've got to consider age. Two, you've got to consider health history. Three, got to consider production history. And, of course, most importantly, out of all that is fit. These guys have got to fit in the scheme. They've got to fit with what Gus Bradley wants to do if they're defensive guys and offensively if they're uh, offensive linemen with what Tom Cable wants to do or if they're an uh, offensive skill position, what John Gruden wants to do. You've got to be able to fit these guys into what you're doing. But again, part of that fit is being healthy and available, you know, and age and production history. So there's some big name dudes out there with the Raiders having as much cap space as they have. They can go get them. Like a guy like John Johnson, the safety from the Rams. I know that's probably uh, a lot of Raider Nation's like, hey, go get that safety. The Raiders clearly need a safety across from Jonathan Abram. He's going to be a big ticket guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to cost a lot of money. I know there's plenty of, of, of fans out there that are going to want the Raiders to go get him. And maybe he's a great fit. Maybe Gus Bradley says, yes, that's the guy I need at the back end. I think that the way that they do this is they probably get one big ticket name 
maybe two. Maybe they grab two big names at the most, and then they get guys that are better, much better deals. Shorter contracts and better deals. Their age may be a little bit higher, and that's the thing about it. Normally, I would say, hey, you want to go get young dudes, young dudes, young dudes, but the way that a lot of guys were released this year, even the guys that are you know, 28, 29, 30, they can still play. Like Kyle Van Noy, he's a little bit older. He was released by the Dolphins, but he can still play. And if you give him a shorter deal, especially with so many so many teams dishing out these shorter deals because the salary cap is so low, you can actually do that. You can get some of these veterans that John Gruden covets so much, but give them a, a, a decent shorter two-year deal or whatever, and then boom, be, be done with it, and they can still play at a high level right now. So John Johnson, that's a big-ticket name. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, that's another guy that I think a lot of Raider Nation should pay attention to. That's actually one guy that I would keep my eye on. Defensive tackle from the Giants, he's a really, really good run stopper, and uh, he even was pretty good last year in, in, in getting after the quarterback. You know I mean? Th- that guy is something that can help the Raiders' interior defense, and they really need a, a lot of help there. Now, again, he's going to be a big-ticket guy. Uh, another guy that I've mentioned before, Yannick Ngakwe, the edge from the Ravens. He's been, he's, I mean, I don't want to say he's been jerked around, but this dude was in Jacksonville, tried to get a deal, didn't get it done. Got traded to the, the Vikings, thought he was going to get a deal there. Then he got traded to the Ravens. And he had an okay season. So maybe with that okay season, maybe his name isn't as big as it normally would be. I still think he's going to try to cash in because he hasn't got a big payday yet. So I'm just going to still put him in the category of like a big ticket guy. But he's just a, a pure edge. He's a guy that's going to get after the quarterback. He's not very good against the run, but he can get after the quarterback. And, and you know, maybe if you have him, then you kick Clee Farrell inside and all of a sudden he becomes really like a run stuffer, you know, and, and Clee Farrell, even though a lot of people don't like his production, they don't see the sacks. And so they think that he's not a very good player. He actually quietly had a nice season last year for the Raiders. So I think Clee Farrell is still coming along, but he'll always be haunted by being drafted uh, number four overall and, and being expected to be the guy that replaced Khalil Mack. And that's clearly not who he is. He's just not that guy. So I'm not mad at Clee Farrell, but I know a lot of Raider fans are always going to look at that like yeah that was probably not a good pick uh how about cornerback Patrick Peterson he's been made available by the Cardinals now he's a little bit older but he can still play I think he's gonna still kind of demand you know a pretty decent little contract he's probably looking around a four-year deal uh he's gonna want to be one of the higher paid defensive backs because again he can still play I mentioned Casey Hayward with the Chargers if you had to go Patrick Peterson or Casey Hayward you probably would want to go with the 32 year old Casey Hayward because he's very very familiar with Gus Bradley's defense so that that would probably be a good benefit um uh, Shaq Barrett, I think that's another high-ticket guy, the edge out of Tampa Bay. Uh, he was really basically considered a bust until he went to Tampa Bay and then has put together two back-to-back seasons where he's able to get after the quarterback. And you saw what he was able to do in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. He was, I mean, he was chasing chasing uh, Patrick Mahomes all over the place. So he could be another guy that the Raiders are interested in. But again, he's probably going to be a high cost guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to demand a, a pretty large contract. Now, there's guys with better deals, you know, guys that you can get a little bit older and probably get a better deal with. We've mentioned Richard Sherman on here multiple times. Defensive back for the 49ers, another guy that's very, very familiar with uh, Gus Bradley's defense, played with him in Seattle. Uh, he's a guy that has already kind of talked to John Gruden somewhat. He talked to him on that Chris Collinsworth and, and Richard Sherman uh, uh, podcast that they have going together, and uh, some guys said, oh, they were tampering. Whatever, there's tampering all the time. So Richard 
Richard Sherman is a guy that I could see, uh, you know, the Raiders bringing in on a one to two year deal and a, and a very, you know, reasonable deal. And this guy, how about this guy? This is a very interesting one to me. How about Hassan Reddick, the edge from the Cardinals? I liked him a lot when he was at Temple College, and I really wanted the Raiders to go get him. He's played multiple positions. He, he really, when he was in school, he was a running back first, then he got switched over to the defensive side of things. He's played linebackers, played edge. Uh, last year, he had a career year with the Cardinals, and they ended up bringing in J.J. Watt. So because of that, Hassan Reddick is left on the outside looking in. They might bring him back on a, on a cheaper deal. But since he's only had one year of good production from the edge position, they might, you know, he might be able to guy, be one of those guys that settles for like a one-year deal, one-year prove-it deal. Prove it that you can do it again. And I'm okay with that. This would be the year that you sign some of those, those guys to a one-year prove-it deal. You know, similar to what they did with Nelson Aguilar in, in 2020. You know, just, yeah, yeah, one-year prove-it deal, cool, no problem. If you can go and get, you know, 10 sacks, then you go, you earn, you earn a big-time contract. And whether the, the Raiders give it to him or someone else, then so be it. But at least the Raiders could benefit. So Hassan Reddick is a guy that I'd really keep my eye on and see if the Raiders maybe take a run at him. Uh, Melvin Ingram, he's a guy that's very familiar with Gus Bradley. Uh, he had a little bit of an injury. He was banged up actually quite a bit in 2020. As long as he's healthy, and again, you got to kind of look back at the health of guys. He's a guy that, uh, you know, obviously Gus Bradley would probably be interested in because, well, familiarity with his system. Another guy that's familiar with his system, cornerback Jason Verrett. Now, I'll tell you right now, really good corner, really good corner. But even going back to his college when he was at TCU, he's always been injured. Really good corner when he's on the field, but he's always banged up. He really rarely ever is playing a whole season. A lot of times he misses the whole season because of injuries. So Jason Verrett is a guy that I would not go after early. He's a guy that I'd kind of let sit around and simmer in, in free agency for a while before I actually went and tried to make a move for him. But he is available. He's a dude that, uh, you know, could provide some veteran leadership. And again, when he's on the field, he's a really good player, but he's just not available enough for me. So I'd let that guy sit around for a while before I uh, approached him and brought him in. Bud Dupree, that's a guy that's been uh, suggested multiple times by Raider fans. Uh, Edge from the Steelers, he was a guy that was having a good season towards ACL in 2020. So, you know, got to check out the health on him. But for the most part, he's, he's a good player. You know, he's a good player. And if Gus Bradley feels like he can use him defensively, then that would be a guy that I'd be interested in as well. So one more guy that I'll tell you about, and, and this is an offensive guy, and I told you about him in, in segment number one, that uh, he was going to be visiting the Raiders, and that's Kyle Long. Kyle Long played with the Bears. He was a guy that uh, they drafted him. He was there from 2013 to 2019. Then he retired because he was he was injured and banged up and everything. He just said, hey, I've, I've had enough. He's coming out of retirement. He's visiting the Raiders, and he's visiting the Chiefs, like I mentioned in segment number one. So so I would definitely be interested in the Raiders signing him as a free agent to add to that offensive line. He's a versatile dude. He could play guard or he could play tackle. And obviously the Raiders on the right side of the, the line especially need, have that need anyway. So uh, I could definitely see them adding Kyle Long. That'd be pretty cool since his dad, obviously Howie Long, Raider great Hall of Famer. So that'd be cool to see him added to the squad. So uh, those are really the guys that I'm kind of looking at to see where they go and see how much interest the Raiders have. But I'm thinking that this free agent period and this tampering period, you'll see the Raiders probably go after one or two big names, and then the rest are going to be those better deals that I was talking about, the Shermans, the Reddicks, the Ingrams, the Verrettes, the Duprees, you know, the Longs, guys like that, guys that are that second, third tier phase of, of guys, not really uh, top dollar first day dudes, you know. You might see a John Johnson. You might see a, a Unique Ngakwe or, or Dalvin Tomlinson. That's probably who I'd prefer anyway out of all those guys is like a Dalvin Tomlinson just to uh, shore up that interior side of the ball. But I, I wouldn't expect Raider Nation, and I don't think you should expect either, so don't get your hopes up that you're going to just see them 
go after like every big time name. I don't think that that's going to happen, even though they do have plenty of uh, cap space right now. I just I just don't see that as uh, what's going to happen. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just really kind of a, what I'm looking for, what kind of approach I think the Raiders should take to this uh, free agent period. Age, health history, production history, and most importantly, fit. If they check the boxes on all those, then you're good to go. Then you can go ahead and make a run, either a four-year, five-year long-term deal or a one- to two-year short, you know, prove-it deal. Uh, that's what I think you'll see. You'll see a blend of both of those, one to two big names, and the rest are going to be those one, two-year deals, you know, prove-it deals. So, again, that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about what Built Bar has going on, and that is Built Bar Madness Challenge. It is time to find out what Built Bar is the best. Today's matchup, mint brownie versus toffee almond. And we've been doing this for a while. We've already got down to the sweetest 16, and it's been a lot of fun just comparing and contrasting what Built Bar is the best. It's been a fun run so far. Uh, but today's competition, mint brownie versus toffee almond. You want to get your vote on BuiltBar.com, or you can hit them up on Twitter, at bar underscore built. And, of course, Built Bar is the best-tasting, amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, protein bar 100% covered in chocolate uh, it's just really really good I've been telling you about uh, how, how great they are for a very long time make sure if you go to builtbar.com and you try to order some more use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order that's locked 15 to get 15% off your order at builtbar.com and make sure you check back to see who won today's matchup and who's going to become the best tasting protein bar out there segment number three it's on the way your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls, your text, straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Let's go ahead and start things off with Brother Marquise in the 305, rep Miami one time. He's calling about a few narratives that he's been hearing on the show that he wants to fire back on, and especially the position changes that the Raiders made. The Gruden way, or it's no way approach, and then the players that have been released. Here he is, Brother Marquise in the 305. Hey Q, it's Brother Marquis. I just have a couple narratives that's really starting to bother me, and I, I just got to get it off my chest. First narrative is about um, the Raiders switching people's positions and and just let people play what they play. And guys, I 100% agree with your overall premise. I understand where you're coming from, but guys, this is football. People play switch positions all the time. That's what they do. Um, and and no, and the thing that bothers me is that everyone complains about when they switched LaMarcus Joyner to a, to a cornerback, slot corner, a position where he played majority of his career, to be honest with you. You know, he played safety the last couple of years of his career, of his of time in, 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 um, in Rams. But the majority of his career, he was a slot corner. So it wasn't like a revolutionary, complete switch of, uh, of, of position for him. But that being said, I did agree with you. I thought he should be playing safety because, like my man said in the call yesterday, that, you know, he failed. Uh, he wasn't doing well at one position, and, and we needed help there. And, I, you know, so I agree with you. But let's not, let's not pretend like they haven't been successful doing it. You know, Nicholas Morrow was a safety. They moved him to a linebacker. No one complained. Colton Miller was a right tackle in college. They moved him to a left tackle. No one's complaining. Nelson Aguilar was a slot receiver in Philadelphia. They moved him to an outside receiver. No one complained. You only complain when it doesn't go well, or doesn't work well. 
And so my point, so, it, it, you know, it, it happens, guys. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. But it doesn't mean that your overall premise or overall um, theory of how you do conduct business is wrong. Now, the other the caller brought up a great, a great statement. I loved it. You said about um, John Gruden rather lose um, being right than win with someone else being wrong or whatever the case may be. I don't know how you phrased it, but it was beautiful. But you know what? That's being a Raiders fan, guys. We grew up with Al Davis. Like, Look, me against the world. You know, I'm right and everyone's wrong. That's what being a Raider fan is. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But that's that's who we are. That's who we. That's how we were founded. And the last thing I just need to quickly say, because I know I'm running out of time, Q, is, guys, get over it. We cut some guys. None of the guys we cut are making a huge impact on 2020 season. We have a lot of money now to make, or we have a lot, a good amount of cap space to make the moves, and we have the core of the team back. Nobody we cut, Trent Baum, Gabe Jackson, Lamar Jordan, none of them have huge impacts on our season. Gabe Jackson was an okay player. But you know what? At the end of the day, if we can't win because we lost the guard, we suck. All right? Brother Marquise, out. There he goes. That's Brother Marquise in the 305. Rep Miami one time, my man. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And first with the position change, this is something that, you know, I really want to speak on. I did a whole show on it, basically. Uh, Joyner was a slot most of his career. You're right. And he was only okay. Then Wade Phillips moved him to free safety, and he was damn good. And that is what caught the Raiders' attention. You know what I mean? Like, don't see what caught your attention. Don't see him as a free safety and he's out there balling and you want to sign him as a free agent and then you want to move him to something that he was only okay at. That's where my problem is. Don't let him do something just okay. Let him do something great. When he was a free safety, he was great. He was great. There's a reason why the Raiders wanted to give him that deal. So that's that's my issue. I get it. You're right. Guys move positions all the time. But if they're not succeeding at that position that you move them to, put them back to where they succeed. You know, another great example I have of that is, is Henry Ruggs. You know, he's not changing positions because he's still a wide receiver. But look how they use him in Alabama. And look how the Raiders use him his rookie year. He was running slants at Alabama. He was running crossing patterns. He was doing uh, wide receiver screens. He was doing the, the jet sweeps. I mean, he was doing just any way he can get the ball in his hands to use his speed. And the Raiders didn't do that enough. They kept running him on fly routes. They kept running him on goes. You know, thought they, he was Cliff Branch. And I get it. He's got the speed to stretch the field. And I know that's what they want him to do. But 26 catches in his rookie year is not enough. You know, as a matter of fact, Ruggs knows that. He gave himself a D grade for his rookie year. And you think he wanted to give himself a D? No. But... The Raiders didn't use him the way that they saw him being used in a, in a great way in college. If you're going to get a guy and draft him, you know, and if that's going to be the first wide receiver off the board, if you had the highest grade on your board uh, for Henry Ruggs, then you better have known how you were going to use him and why he was that highest grade. 26 catches ain't going to cut it. It's just not. And he's not a, he's not a, a 12th overall pick decoy. It's just not, that's not the case. So they need to use him or use players in the way that they're most successful. That's my biggest point. If you're going to get a guy, if you're going to draft a guy or sign a guy as a free agent, use him to where he's going to be most successful or don't sign him at all. I mean, that's, that's just my opinion. But I, I know exactly what you're saying. Guys change positions all the time in the league, from college to the NFL. I mean, vice versa, they do it all the time. But if they're not successful, you've got to find out how to make them successful. Uh, like uh, Robert Gallery. Remember Robert Gallery? He was a sure shot uh, left tackle, and then he didn't work out as a left tackle. Then the Raiders moved him to right tackle, and he didn't really work out at that spot either. Then they ended up having to move him to right guard, and he finally was good and, and not great. And it wasn't the number two overall pick or worth the number two overall pick, but he was good. At least he was better than what, you know, than just making him stay at a certain position that he wasn't good. 
good at. You've got to be able to find players places where these players can be successful. So that's that's my point, and that's why I did a show on using guys the correct way. So thank you so much for that call. Lots of good thoughts there. Appreciate you. Next up is a text from uh, Eddie Raider714. He said, what's up, Q? Eddie Raider714, I changed my name to Raiderzilla on all my social media. I just learned that Obi-Wan Raider is in ICU in a coma on life support. Just want to send my prayers, let the nation know if they could pray for our brother. I'm out, Q. That's from Eddie Raider714. And yeah, man, uh, Obi-Wan Raider, I feel like he just called into the show or texted into the show not too long ago. So uh, yeah, man, definitely prayers up. Thanks for passing that along. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, Next up, got a call from Slim. MG Jr. from the Bronx. And before I get into that call, got to sound that alarm one time because Slim G Jr. from the Bronx, yeah, he's a new booty. He's calling about a few guys on the defensive side of the ball. Thoughts on a potential trade? Just has a lot of good thoughts here in a very short, compact call. Here he is, Slim G Jr. from the Bronx, a new booty here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Hey, Q, what up? This is Slim G Jr. from Bronx, New York. Uh, last week, you we were talking about the Raiders might be making a trade for Alpha Mill for the defense. Uh, how do you figure if Earl Thomas and Dunlap, the DN, come over? Would that be enough, or you think they need another piece? And if that, and if they do not do that, and if they do a trade, who do you think they're going to bring in? And also, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. I'll be waiting for your response, sir. And you're doing a great job, man. Have a great day. Bye. There he goes right there. Slim G Jr. from the Bronx. Appreciate the call. Welcome to the to the family, man. I hope that's not your last call here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, and look, Earl Thomas is a guy that I definitely think the Raiders should at least give a call and ask him where he's at mentally and if he's, uh, you know, physically in decent shape. You know, I mean, since he's been out of the league for a year, I mean, they might have already done that. You know, they might already kick the tires. I think he's a guy that they should definitely at least kick the tires. I'm not saying they have to go sign him, but at one point he was a very talented safety in the league and clearly he knows Gus Bradley's defense really, really well. So if they did want to take a shot, I wouldn't mind if they did. But of course, he's got to be there mentally and physically. Uh, Dunlap, he did well for the Seahawks last season in, in a short amount of time when he was traded there. Uh, he might be a good fit with the Raiders. Uh, he re- it really depends on what Bradley sees in him. You know, how comfortable he'd be uh, in Bradley's defense. I think he'd be a good rotational piece. I think that the way to get the most out of Max Crosby is probably have a guy that can rotate with him. And so maybe, maybe uh, Dunlap would be a guy. I know a lot of Raider Nation wanted him last year at the trade deadline I didn't think there was any reason to make a move for him then and you know if they do make a move for him I think he'd be one of those lower tier guys that I was talking about in uh, in segment number two not a day one big big ticket guy but a guy that's a gets you know a two-year deal uh, for a little bit lesser money so oh, those are some options there but there's a lot of them man there's a lot of defensive options out there for the Raiders from big ticket guys like I mentioned to guys with you know lesser lesser price value on their name I think I think there's a lot of good options out there for the Raiders and they have they have a decent amount of coin where they can actually do something with it so thank you so much for that call appreciate you and again man welcome to the show uh, next up I got a text from silver and black hole west coast Say, what's up, Q? Silver and Black Hole on the West Coast here. As always, thank you for the great content that you put out, the in-depth looks and conversations you have with people that are so closely connected to the Raiders. I love the show because you're able to be a Raiders fan but still be objective with what you talk about concerning all things Raider Nation. With that being said, I know the Raiders are in Las Vegas now, but snap, man. I wish the front office would stop gambling with my emotions. I get excited every year about free agency and the draft just to end up scratching my head because other teams pick up great players while we're standing in the halls. Not trying to be negative, but our front office needs to splash some water in their face and really look in the mirror. 
What would you think about bringing in Daniil Hunter and giving away a draft pick? I know he's coming off neck surgery, but when he's healthy, he's had two defensive touchdowns, 54 and a half sacks, 276 total tackles, three pass deflections in seven years. Love to hear your thoughts on that. Also, just win, baby. I'm out. That's from Silver and Black Hole, West Coast. And thank you for the uh, compliments on the show, man. Really appreciate that. Daniil Hunter is definitely a very, very interesting prospect for sure. I mean, he is a guy that, like you said, has plenty of production over the uh, course of his career, especially the last two years that he did play I mean just an absolute monster in 2019 14 and a half sacks 2018 14 and a half sacks but then he missed all of 2020 so again you got to go back to that health box <laughs> you know what I mean is he healthy and what do you have to give up I wouldn't be comfortable giving up the number 17 overall pick I would be comfortable with giving up something else though maybe, maybe a second round pick I mean he's only 26 years old he won't be 27 till late October so uh, I could see giving up maybe a second round pick but I don't want to give up that number 17 overall for a guy coming off a neck injury but again that's just me. We'll have to see what the Raiders do and see how he fits. But he's definitely a hell of a player and can get after the quarterback and has proven it over the course of his career. Uh, and then as far as free agency goes, man, this is a huge year. Free agency and the draft, huge year for the Raiders. You know, and, and what I mean is not the team in general where, you know, like we were talking about playoffs in 2020. I mean for the guys calling the shots, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, those two dudes. And, of course, more heat will fall on Mike Mayock because John Gruden is the, the golden child, so he can do no wrong in Mark Davis's eyes. But really, both of those guys, man, they got to step up and really – hit it out the park. They've done well in 2019, did really well in the draft. 2020, they didn't really do well in the draft and they didn't really do well in free agency either as far as I'm concerned. You know, so this year, they've got to find a way to do really, really well in the draft. They only have six draft picks as of right now and then they also have to do really well in free agency and they have right now $40 million in, in, in cap space and it could be even more than that. So, uh, they have a lot of pressure on them. They've got to get it right. They've got to hit the right buttons, man. They've got to figure out. And I go back to segment number two, what I was talking about, some things that I'm looking for. I'm looking for age, health history, production history, and most importantly, fit. Those are the boxes that I'm looking for. If those guys can check those boxes and, and, and you can give them a contract accordingly, if they're a little bit older, give them a two-year deal. You know, give them a prove-it deal. Uh, if they're a guy that's only had one year of production, like a Hassan Reddick, give them a prove-it deal, one or two-year deal. If it's a guy that you know is consistent, you know he's a hell of a player, he's always healthy, go ahead and, and, and give him that, strike that big deal, strike that four- or five-year deal. That's fine, but make sure... Most importantly, that any guy that you bring in, whether the draft or free agency, they've got to be a fit. Don't think you're going to get creative with the guy and say, hey, I got a great idea what I'm going to do with this dude. No, let these cats do what they do. You know what I mean? Like, just let them do what they do. Like, I'm telling you, man, I, I, I can only really use myself as an example because that's all I really know. But if someone were ever to call me and ask me to be a writer, I would have to turn that job down. I'm not a writer. I'm a talker. You know, I'm a radio dude. I talk. That's what I do. If a guy was like, hey, Q, I'm going to give you this great deal, but I want you to write. I want you to write all your thoughts out. I'd have to turn that deal down. And if they threw a whole bunch of money at me and just gave it to me anyway, and I took it, they'd be stupid because I'm a much better talker than I am a writer. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't try to get someone to do something that they don't do. If, they, if, if they're a good fit, then roll with it. If they're not, then, well, go to the next person. You know, there's, there's got to be guys out there that can fit with what they want to do, what the Raiders want to do offensively and defensively. They've just 
Got to make it happen. So that's all I got time for for today's show. I appreciate the text. I appreciate the calls. Still uh, coming up tomorrow, I have a, a call from 208 Raider. I got a text from Eastern Shore Raider. Uh, Craig from Montana. Grumpy-ass Mexican. Cisco in the 661. Lots of great feedback to get to. Plus, obviously, we'll be talking about, well, whatever goes down in tampering today. Whatever uh, you know, news is related to the Raiders, maybe we'll have an update on the Kyle Long visit. Uh, he's coming in to visit the Raiders first and then the Chiefs later on the week. Uh, we'll have plenty of news and notes to get to. We'll have plenty of conversation coming up on tomorrow's show here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So appreciate everyone. Uh, thanks for rocking with me. Uh, appreciate all the feedback I get throughout the uh, the weekend and the course of the days, uh, either by way of the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line or my Twitter account at your boy Q254. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, wash your hands, uh, wear your mask, still social distance. You know what I mean? We're not out of the woods yet. Just be careful with what you're doing. And most importantly, as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.